welcome back to episode 12 of Smarter and Harder. My name is Tim Eisenhart, and as always, I'm sitting here with my good buddy, former teacher, now business entrepreneur, extraordinary human being, Eli Small. Eli, it has been way too long. Yeah, I've missed you. I know. We, we tried like hell. It's not from a lack of trying. I was, I was actually, I was really ill. Oh, yeah? I, I had the nasty crud cold that's going around. It's, it still sounds like you got a little I, something I in I am there. carrying a it. I'm a little verklempt. <laughs> um, I took a Rona test. I took the, the mm-hmm. COVID test. It, it, according to the test, I didn't have COVID. Yeah. But uh, I it's was, coming back. I was down for the count. It is coming it's back. It's coming back. I think it's always going to come back, just like the flu will always come back. It's, I think we're going to be. It's here to stay thing. now. Yep. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad you're semi healthy and happy Passover. Thank you. Yeah. Do you say happy Passover? Is that how you say it, or is it? Uh, people do. I'll, uh, I don't know if it, is it a happy Passover. Is it, it is a celebration of okay. of freedom and liberation for okay. the Jewish people. All right. So, so happy Passover. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So I got a couple of um, couple of. I, I only wanted to talk about one thing when I texted you, but I I got reading the newspaper which I started to do because you gave me so much shit about it. <laughs> you got you caught a headline? <laughs> I caught a headline, and uh, there was a picture there, so it caught my headline. It was the greasiest-looking slime ball I could see as a small picture, and then I realized it was our former mayor. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to... I just... I, I didn't mean to say that he is a you know greasy <laughs> slime ball. It just looked like... Gotcha. you know. Okay, I just want to be clear. Uh, and, and that article uh, made me... It triggered me for another topic, so maybe we could um, maybe we could start with the the pleasant one, but it still pisses me off. It's well, not it's, it's not a big issue, but it really just bothers me. It well, it's and it's not so pleasant. It's not so pleasant because it was so you know, COVID sucked. It Bad. sucked, and it sucked for business owners. But I felt like the city did a great job. The city of Portland, where we're broadcasting from, I feel like they did a good job of bending rules in order to keep businesses open and by businesses i mean eateries restaurants portland's known as a as, as a foodie uh city now yeah right? and, and in the old port specifically yes yeah. um downtown portland on the peninsula down by the water mm-hmm. there were some really cool um outdoor yeah. seating venues yeah. that w- were carved out and created and I, the city went as far as i think closing certain roads and and having them that's be right. uh, foot traffic like pedestrian only but, like no, four street no the cars. cobblestone right right out in front of like uh rosie's and uh what's the other one that is it dock four not dock four uh, uh yeah, dock, yeah four. Dock, four. dock four that was awesome that whole area was awesome yes and traffic was fine yeah but i don't think i don't think people in cars noticed or, or really cared you, no. you just figure it out you just go around it it's like a, it's a like a half a block we're not even real blocks in the city it's like a it's, half a yeah, block yeah it's pretty it's pretty yeah. small right yeah so it wasn't like it was a big deal and i felt like um the other one was uh is it wharf street the one that shoots down that's cobblestone as well from fourth street that kind of that tweener um road that goes down to where bill's pizza used to be and um I think provisions, uh, central, central provisions. provisions is right there. Yeah, that road was blocked off too, and it they actually built it in a step, yes. way so that it looked like you know layered seating, and it was outdoors. It was awesome, and yeah. it was quaint. It was not bothering anybody. No, so why take it away? Yes, it's going. It's going away. I actually read an article. Uh, central provi- provisions spent eighty thousand dollars to construct an, an outdoor patio, and they have to take it down. That's that's bullshit in my mind. It was such a great addition to the city, in my my opinion, and it didn't didn't bother anybody. It's basically foot traffic down there anyway. Yeah, I mean, 
it, we're probably better off not having cars driving mm-hmm. around down there. It, it's absolutely tight, tight quarters, a lot of a lot of pedestrians. Let's get the cars out of there, and and it, it could be a positive change. So I don't. This is I don't think this is a city issue. This is technically uh, city rules uh, intersecting with state rules. Okay, and so the state has rules for restaurants based on uh, head counts of seats, mm-hmm. the number of toilets that you need to have. And everybody l- looked the other way on those rules during the pandemic. Okay. State of an emergency, let's let them do whatever they need to do. So uh, a restaurant that maybe only has one toilet could have uh, over 50 seats when you combine the outdoor and the indoor okay. dining. Yeah. And the state said, okay, that's fine. But under normal conditions, if you have over 50 seats, you need more than two toilets. And so now certain restaurants can't have that seating capacity. So the outdoor dining has to be dismantled. So this is the, here's my issue with that is it, was it an issue when we bypassed that law? Was it an issue? Was bathroom capacity times, a problem? Did right. people complain about it? Was it a health issue? Did we see further? I mean, Common sense tells me that no, and and can we get more business into the city by allowing more people to eat at these eateries as an outside option? Yeah, and I, I don't know if this snuck up on people or mm-hmm. if our local government should have been getting ahead of this and saying, hey, let's go to the state right. and say, this is what we've been doing. It's been working well. Can we get some sort of work around here? Yeah. Um, or, or did it just all of a sudden people were like, whoa. I guess the, the, these are the rules, and now we have to go back to, right. to breaking it down. Porta potties. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Just get the porta potties going. At the end of, we could have just put them all down. Like you know how they have the old port festival. Yeah, it's porta potties everywhere. Right. Let's do that. And then on Friday nights, we just we can start having people <laughs> running across the tops of them like they do in in uh, Buffalo, Tip, <laughs> tipping me over games. while I'm yeah. inside of it. I'm already claustrophobic, and then you can cover me with blue crap. Yeah. So but, I, I, you know, I think it, as you said, it's really unfortunate that going into the summer season, which is short here, and yeah. we love it. Yep. Um, I, I read an article that said, you know, what about tourists who might have visited this place, this this great sure. city of ours, yeah. within the past summer who loved it and then they show up again and they're like where's all the outdoor seating yeah i mean that was uh, everybody that came here and most people drove from you know someplace that was drivable stayed here and then were able to eat outside and it was there was plenty of options i mean so many options down there it was so cool what they did with um um what is it the street that goes down the middle uh, exchange street they closed the whole exchange street down which in my opinion, should be closed down anyway. Right. There's no reason to have cars going down there other right. than and they, delivery. And they used like, um, some Jersey barriers. Oh, and, yeah. And people it was great. basically created these like outdoor patios that were extensions of their yep. restaurants. Yeah. I guess I understand the, the, the potty issue, but I feel like that's such a small, small issue that I just don't I, – I just see the business and the, the – the enchanting qualities that went along with what happened over the last two years, I just, I think it outweighs it. Yes. Go home and go to the bathroom. Well, in the middle of your meal. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One of the other issues will be, 
during the peak of the pandemic, people were trying to maintain like spacing. Mm-hmm. So they were they had less indoor seats, right. period. Yep. So they used the outdoor seating along with the indoor That's seating fair. to That's have a, a certain capacity. Yep. I can say as a, as a restaurant owner, your kitchen can only turn out so much food. Mm-hmm. And so if we do away with some of the, the indoor spacing requirements and as a restaurant owner, I tried to slam my inside and this new outside mm-hmm. seating, I, I may end up actually harming my Hey, have you ever heard kitchen? of a microwave, Eli? <laughs> All right? <laughs> Hot pockets are really good when you're drunk. So uh, I, uh, that, that brings me to our, our first advertisement ever on this podcast. Sure. Because it's a great segue. Uh, you opened up a strip club. I understand. <laughs> is that what that place is now? It looks like there's a lot, not there's, a lot of windows there's, there's in it. No, there's, a, <laughs> there's no poles in there. <laughs> Just kidding. There are no poles. So, what is the, the the first of all? What do you what What's the restaurant that you own? Uh, uh, it, so, Brookside Food and Drink, which is yep. attached to the Corsetti's out in Westbrook. I saw um, the new merch, by the way. It looks awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Expose Designs who who printed those up for our us. Our second advertiser right? on here. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Brookside Food and Drink is a is a little. Uh, neighborhood food and, and beverage establishment that's we created attached to the Corsetti's in Westbrook. And we felt like we were popular and successful and needed more space. So we took an outdoor patio area and with the city's permission enclosed it and kind of doubled our dining area. I, I think that area needed that that so much because you're you're basically, you're a stone's throw away from the Portland line because yeah, we're, the Riverton area is right there. Yeah, we're just around the corner from the Riverside Golf Course, mm-hmm. the the um, kind of brewery district that's over near the Hannaford and 7-Eleven. Yeah, Beer Avenue, as I call it. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. They get, I mean, how many breweries are over there? This, I know there's half a dozen, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Near, near Allagash and yeah. Foundation Brewery. Is Geary still over there? Is, Geary's, yeah, Geary's is down over there. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good spot, and it's actually walking distance from those places, so if you get... Yeah, so Brookside Food and Drink is right around the corner. That's right. There. Yeah, just over the river. Yeah, you can actually go through uh, the Riverton Trolley Park exactly. to get there, which is a lovely walk. Just be careful when you're, you know, you're a little tipsy. Yeah, it's don't a, end up in the it's river. It's a little warbly. Yeah, yeah but uh, but yeah. So that's a that's a it's a it's a cool new space. I saw it on Facebook. You posted a picture, and it looks awesome on the inside. Thank you. We're yeah. we're really excited about how it came out. We yeah. got a we got a golden tea uh, video game set up. So oh, nice. there's there's some activities in there and we have a, a buck hunter getting delivered <laughs> next week awesome. actually. So <laughs> the boys will love that. Yeah, bring the kids. Yeah. It's a, we are a full restaurant, so it's for all ages. Yeah. And the food is good, the service is good. Uh, other than the owner, the place is great. Thanks. You know. Love you too. I love it. I, I'm going to I look forward to when the stripper pole goes in. <laughs> no stripper. For those <laughs> after hours, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, so, um, so your eatery went from outdoors because I went during COVID. I went and ate there a couple of times. I actually played out on the back deck. You did a lot of cool things, and that space actually helped you a little bit with getting people outside. Uh, yeah, I we do, we do have an outdoor yeah. dining area. I refer to it as the beer garden. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, the downtown thing, I, I get it. There's, you need you need bathrooms people got to go to the bathroom blah 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 i don't know if i've ever really taken a dump in a in a bathroom before i did however i did clog uh what's the place right up here oh this is a great story this is a great story because i was only about 20 22 or 23 years old it was one of those emergency situations and uh what's the place is howie's up the street here right up on uh, washington ave howie's pub by howie's Chukies pub Bridge. so howie's pub used to be kind of a dive 
And I really had to go while we were there, and I was just far enough away from my house. So I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll be a, <laughs> maybe it'll be a quickie. It did. So I ended up flooding the place, and I was like, I walked back up and saw the thing overflowing. I was like, guys, we gotta go. Get- <laughs> Just ran out. I ran. I ran like hell. Didn't say anything to anyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope Howie's You're banned changed from there now. <laughs> ownership at this point because I apologize. It was me, 1995. I think it was. Wow. Yeah, most embarrassing thing ever. Yeah, that's not a baby Ruth. So, so here's here's my second issue. This is this is the one that kind of sparked me. Sure. All right. Are we, are we done with the the outdoor seating? Yes, I, I think, think so. it's a shame, but I get it. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a way that the city could revisit it and yeah. do some appeals. It'll be too late for central provi- provisions in their eighty thousand oh dollars deck. I know. Well, they did say they did say in the uh, I, I watched News Center Six because they they interviewed them about that deck, and they did say that they made enough money yeah, to pay it paid for, for it. Yeah, yeah, paid for itself. But but it's still, it's just oh man, it was so good. It was yeah. exactly what I've always been saying that the downtown should have looked like, but. But I get it. It is what it is. And we got old plumbing. Everything's all jammed up in sure. there. It's be hard to add a bathroom. Blah, blah, blah. So so here's here's the one that got me. Yes. So um, I used to rent when I was in my 20s until I was a, uh, could afford to buy buy a house, which nobody can afford to do that now. Yeah. I've, I had a, three or four different landlords <laughs> yep. in my early 20s. Yeah. And I had some good ones, some bad ones, but I was always respectful. You know, I, was, I knew that that was their space. I was renting their space, and I, I was brought up t- to believe that, you know, you're allowing me to stay here. You're trusting me to be in a space that you are paying for. This is the way my thought process was. And I'm going to pay you on time. I'm going to pay my utilities. I'm going to take care of the space. If something happens in the space, if it's your fault, I'm going to tell you about it. If it's my fault, I'm going to pay for it. That was the way I always approached my, my, my renting. And if I, if I broke something, I'd fix it, and I'd always pay my rent. Yeah. And if you raise the rent, I have a choice to stay there or leave. And it's your building. You get to do whatever you want with it. And I've left buildings before. You know, there was there was a kid that bought my brother's old duplex I was living in right before I got married the first time. <laughs> and uh, and he came in, and I knew the kid, and he wanted to raise the rents. And I was like, I, I get it. It sucks. He wanted to br- raise it like 300 bucks. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. You can't so swing I, it. I'm going to go find something right, but more it, affordable. That's right. It. But I ended up driving me to actually spend the money to go buy a house, which was a good move in the long run. But... I never gave him shit about it. It was his decision. It was his, he was the one putting up the money for people to live there. So why is it that uh, this Ethan Strimling character um, decided to sue his landlord? First of all, the, the guy wanted to raise the rent, right? The, uh, did you follow the story? I, I tried to. There, okay. There's a few different issues in the specific Ethan Strimling case. Okay. He... He uh, strongly believes that there should be rent control in the city of Portland okay. and that there should be uh, rules that dictate how much a landlord can raise the rent on a tenant who's already been living there. Mm-hmm. And when that tenant moves out, there has to be a rule in place that also prevents the the rent from spiking too much because... Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you, you don't want to incentivize landlords to turn over the the unit just so that they can raise the rent. Right, right, absolutely. I, I get that. I, I get it. I, and I also get the. I also get the other side of that from the from the owner's standpoint. Things cost more. Sure, they, they cost a lot of money. You, you got to recover that cost somehow. If you if you're 
if you're already charging too much, I get it. Then you're, you know, you're, you're downtown or whatever, and your mortgage isn't what you're charging, and you're making a profit on it. It's yeah, on, and, it's and, on you, right? And I'm not right. in favor of, of greed. I mean, yeah. uh, greed is a problem, and and in in theory, the market should help. The marketplace should help uh, prevent that. Like, if right. I'm asking way too much money for my unit, then no one's going to want to live in it. The the problem that some would say in the city of Portland is there just aren't enough units. Right. And so, right. So there's so many people that want to live here and then the landlords can just charge whatever they want. And so we start seeing some of these ridiculous rent, uh, rates for, for homes. And people are saying, I can't afford to, to live in the city of Portland. And and that's not a good thing for any of us. So, so I I certainly don't want to see that happen in Ethan's case. Um, there's, I think that there there's a lot of information out there because he's somewhat of a public figure. He is claiming that he was being evicted because he tried to create a tenant union. Right. And so that he was trying to get the tenants to rally together so that they would have a, a kind of a block of and some power against the the homeowner, the the building owner. Although I I read an article Specifically, Ethan. So Ethan was evicted. Right. He got an eviction notice from his landlord, and he said, "No, I'm not leaving. You can't evict me because I tried to create a tenants' unit union." But the article that I read, which was referring to this court case, which he lost, right, says that he actually was evicted before the the union creation. Right. So his argument that he was evicted in retaliation for the the union. If that's true, if if the article is true, then that's not why he was evicted. He was evicted because, according to the owner of the property, Jeffrey Rice, uh, Ethan was not a good tenant. He there are rules to living in that building, and but, right, that's right. He, yeah, he signed a, a lease that said these are the rules. Right, yep. and and he broke those rules, and and jeffrey rice said i'm tired of having you as a tenant i don't want you living in my building anymore and you need to get out yep so i i i see this as a um everybody gets a trophy uh, generation even though ethan's a little bit older than that but it's such a and it feels like to me and i don't know ethan i don't know this rice character i don't know any of them but i've been following it a little bit because i think this is um this kind of resembles a lot of the plight of renters and is it rentees, the people who are renting to yeah. the people, right? Yes. So uh, the owners of these these properties have a bear of a job when they get a bad tenant in there trying to get them out. It, it is harder. It, it is it is difficult to kick someone out of your right out of your they can squat, building. Right? Yes, Which and is, and but right. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you can't kick the door down, arm wrestle them, and right. twist their arm, and be like, "Get out of my building." Yeah. So um, we do have people who, as they are renting a unit, think, "Well." And I, I've read some of the online conversations. Ethan and others have said, "Like, you may own the building, but it's my home." <laughs> that that's that's kind of their philosophy, and so right. that. Um, and there should be some rights as a as a tenant. You, you know, you like the the landlord can't just come into your unit whenever they feel like it. You, there should be some protection. Absolutely, no doubt. Um, yeah, there's a privacy thing, but right. but I do think I in, in my in my my parents taught me right and wrong. Uh, 
if you're doing the wrong thing and you don't own the place, get the fuck out. You're done. Get out. Yeah. And, and, and in my opinion, if you've said it two or three times, you should be able to go in and kick down your own door that you're paying for and grab him by his greasy hair and pull him outside and, and say, don't come back. Right. I mean, ultimately, you, you can't get the you get law enforcement, the sheriff um, yeah, and, to, and a to, court to, to, get involved yeah. and they, they will physically remove someone from a property. But th- that's not easy to do. And, yeah. and so I, in the article that I read, in the specific case of Ethan Strimley, it says that it's expected that he will appeal. And so he doesn't like the, the judge's decision in this case. So he will go to a higher court. And, yeah. and the, you know, if his appeal is granted, then they will, the court will issue a ruling that he's allowed to stay until the appeal right. is heard. And so poor, I don't want to say poor Jeffrey Rice because, um, there are stories out there about him not being the the greatest landlord and, and right. property owner in the city by any any stretch. Whether those are true um, or not, but sure. Easy, yeah. um, but but in, in this specific case, he he is stuck with he will be stuck with a tenant who he doesn't want in his building who yeah. who is staying there um, by legal action, and we'll we'll see where it goes. As a commentary to this topic because it seems like Ethan Strimling likes to see his name in the paper and likes to be at the head of controversy. As a former mayor, I'm looking at him, his relationship with John Jennings, who I know, to be a wonderful human being and him bad-mouthing the hell out of somebody who I know is a wonderful human being, it, it that does not bode well to see him now pointing his finger at somebody again saying that you're, you're, you're not doing... You're, he just doesn't like to not get his way it seems like and he likes to get out there in the press and try to get it do you think he's vying for some sort of uh political gain by keeping himself relevant in the paper is that could that be a possibility well perhaps is that a stretch i i I think yeah i mean i don't know i don't know him personally i don't know what his motivations are but he certainly he is a public figure in the local scene and so um he spends a lot of his time commenting on issues and he had an apartment in Jeffrey Rice's building, and and he he is the champion of the the downtrodden and the working class here in in um, Portland. And so, tenants' rights, uh, low wage workers, mm-hmm. uh, voting for people who are are not citizens. Those y- y- there's kind of a, a theme there of, yeah. of representing a, a voting block of, of people. Yep. And th- it's going to, that sort of activity is going to carry over to the charter vote that we'll, we'll be dealing with. I guess here that's in the near I, future. Yeah. That's, that's what I, I, I guess with, with that person in mind, kind of going off on a tangent here a little bit, but I think the, the, the owner's rights to renters rights, because we're at capacity in the city of Portland, it's been coming up a lot, and this one just happens to be in the paper, which is why I picked this one up. But I wonder how much of that is going on right now because I know there, I know there's a, the rents right now. If I wanted to rent this house that that we're in right now, I bet I could get twenty five hundred, three thousand bucks a month for it. I'm, well, I'm sure. I actually there was a, an article in the uh, Bangor Daily News about South Portland mm-hmm. where someone tried to rent an apartment and they basically got outbid. So. <laughs> The the landlord is saying he's negotiating know, right like yeah. the landlord is saying like okay I'm gonna rent this uh, one bedroom one bathroom apartment for a thousand dollars a month that's probably cheap yeah uh, maybe uh, twelve hundred dollars a month 
and somebody shows up and says, I'll give you $1,400 a month for it. I, I want and it And I'll that pay bad. you for the first six, six months right it, now. Right? And, yeah. and so all of a sudden, this young person here in in Portland was thought that they had an apartment lined up. And somebody, it, specifically in this case, they were out of state, I think, and mm-hmm. moving here. And so they come in with a deeper pocket and they overbid. They get the unit. You know, in a true capitalist, uh, unfettered, no rules, winner take all good for the the property owner who now is getting more money right um and i happen to follow ethan on twitter and he commented and and of course he blamed the landlord because that's his mo um but he said that that's that is illegal in 90 percent of portland Mm -hmm. because of the way the rent control rules work you can't just negotiate negotiate up and um but it, that's what that's what happens in the housing market, and that's what we're seeing right now. It, if you go try to buy a house, somebody comes and and outbids you. That they get it. Why not the same in the renters' market? I don't really understand what the like what the problem with that is. Uh, aren't those the rules we play by? Right. Do you do do you foresee just this is totally opinion? Do you foresee us going down from where the market is now? The price is going down. Like, is it always going to be this high to rent a place in the city of Portland? I mean, does I'm, does I'm, it go up and down? Like, does it follow the trend of of, of yeah, a market? A yeah, I mean, market? I'm not an economist, but I think if like somehow something will give, people will move away, yeah. perhaps. And and uh, you know, Westbrook is adding more units, and right. so a, as people then are living in Westbrook and working in Portland, then maybe there's more availability in Portland. Um, and so then maybe some landlords say, well, you know, maybe if I ro- lower the, the rent a little bit, I'll get someone in there. I, I don't know though. I think that, I, I think the housing market has to, has to, the expense of building a house has to get cheaper in order for people who are maybe renting at a higher rate could afford to, you know, and maybe save by. money. Yeah. They're just going to come up with a down payment, but blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, at some point it's got, it's got to snap. I mean, it's crazy right now. It is. I, I, some of the apartments that we rented when we were kids, well, I mean, my but, own my own children. I, I I can't imagine how they would rent in the city of Portland yeah. in, in the next couple yeah. of years as they get ready to leave my household. I don't I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. And no, just, they and they need to leave my household. They're not staying with me forever. You just you just build out the strip club, and uh, you have them work at the strip club. <laughs> it is not a strip club. I just want to be very clear. Thank Eli you. did not start, yet. He has not started the strip club yet. Well, I, I don't know if we uh, solved anything, but I uh, it was something that was gnawing at me. I thought we should we should we should spitball and, uh, and and see what came out. Yeah, and so what you have learned is technically, um, if you have fifty men over fifty men uh-huh. in your restaurant, uh-huh. you can have a toilet and a urinal. Yeah. If you have over fifty women, you have to have two toilets. Okay. And that's really what ends Don't up. Don't ever let up. me do the number two in your toilets either yeah. because it, it turns out to a <laughs> bad situation. Well stay away from my urinal, Tim. <laughs> it wasn't the urinal, Eli. It was the real toilet. It was a disgusting toilet. I did the hover too when I was doing it. It was you don't you're need to filthy, know any of this. You're a filthy animal. This is awesome. Happy Passover, by <laughs> Thank the way. Thank you. Uh, well, thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, you got any last last uh, thoughts, comments, um, anecdotes? Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully next, any poop stories. Ne- next one will do better than we did today. That's my thought. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were amazing, really good. Uh, so thanks, guys, for uh, thanks for listening, and uh, stay tuned. If you guys have other uh, other topics that you want us to cover, or just uh, or just screw around with, find us on Facebook. Uh, Eli, uh, you can find at both Brookside 
or you can go onto his uh, personal page. Uh, you can find me on Facebook too. We uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and stay positive and uh, be nice to each other. Have a great day. Searching for greatness in a sea of the dying and shameless. Uh, a sea of the aimless. I don't want to be one of the nameless. I'm going to wake up with the mindset that one day I'm going to.